Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is somewhere close to volume 200, I would say at this point, in the neighborhood, maybe in the zip code. I don't it, know, but we're it's getting more there. than It's more than 100 and less than 200. We're Definitely more there. than 100. We were at 100 like a year ago. I stopped counting out of 100, I think. You did. That was your edict. I was going to keep on going and have precision in our lives, but you decided against it and told me it was stupid to continue to count after 100. So we refrained from doing so, and now I've lost count, and I'm sure as hell too lazy to go find out the exact number. Uh, Took last week off after uh, I went down to Birmingham, Alabama, to spend the week in Hoover there at the Winfrey Hotel uh, interviewing all 14 Southeastern Conference coaches alongside Ryan McGee. We did Marty and McGee talking season for the third or fourth time. I'm not sure. I think it was. It is. I think it, this would be the third because 20 didn't happen. I think 18 was the first ever in Atlanta, right? 18, 19, and 21. Yeah. Well, I'll be the first to tell you guys that this one was just really good. Uh, the coaches were insightful, they were funny. Uh, We spent a lot of time with them talking about the myriad issues and changes and paradigm shift that is occurring in collegiate athletics, specifically college football, and how it pertains to their programs and impacts their programs and how as leaders of young men who are trying to learn a new landscape as well, uh, they are working through name image likeness. They are considering a 12-team playoff. They're managing the transfer portal. And midway through the day, Wednesday, we are we are just finishing up, a- actually having to cut off an interview with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey because McGee and I had to – we didn't have to. We, we got the great opportunity to go upstairs and walk in front of our peers in the media and bother them for a few minutes to let them know that Marty and McGee is going on the road this year. Uh, we are going to be a every single Saturday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern time television program, which will be simulcast on ESPN Radio live as well. We will lead into SEC Nation, which those of you who are not SEC fans may or may not know, SEC Nation is like college game day type of format. It's an, it's an open discussion format with Laura Rutledge as host, Roman Harper, Jordan Rogers, and Paul Feinbaum as analysts. And it's a very game day type of model. But we're going to take a little different approach this year as McGee and I come on board. uh, We're so grateful that our interesting brand of television is embraced by not only our bosses at ESPN, but uh, the folks at the conference. And so we're going to to head on the road, uh, and we're going to be at campuses all all over the Southland and Uh, I certainly hope those of you listening who are in those markets come out to see us. I know it's early. I know getting out there at 8.30 in the morning uh, or or if you are uh, in the central time zone, 7.30 in the morning, I know that's early. 
but we're going to have a hell of a great time and we're going to be full of energy and we're going to interview these coaches. We're going to interview celebrities. We're going to have a blast. We're going to be analytical to a degree. We're not going to get too deep into the X's and O's, man. That's what they pay them other guys for who played the game. We're going to get into the nuance. We're going to, we're going to discuss with the people who are involved in the decision-making and, 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 and coaching their perspectives. And I can't wait to get started. Uh, we've known about this for some time now. We've had to sit on it. And, and what's cool to me, too, is not only – I mean, it's, it's humbling beyond words that the network has invested in us the way they have. we got a brand-new campaign full of commercials that are hilarious. They're so well-written. And some of you guys may have seen some of our content on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we can't wait for you guys to see those. I saw the old, old Trapper announced that they're sponsoring the show. And I don't I don't know if there's ever been a show and a sponsor that I you won't know if it's a read for them or just natural talking about a product that goes hand in hand with the show. Well, it's perfect. Uh, they were there at the beginning. Uh, they were there when we just got started in the studio show on the Southeastern Conference Network a few years back. And now they've grown into being our presenting sponsor on Saturday mornings on these campuses in Tuscaloosa and Baton Rouge and Fayetteville and down on the plains and in Columbia, Missouri and Lexington, Kentucky and down in Gainesville and Athens, all over. We can't wait. I mean, I can't, I, I cannot wait to get out there. At well, this stage in my career, to have this kind of opportunity is it, it's humbling and exciting and euphoric to to me in a way that's impossible to describe, and especially to get to do it with your buddy. That I mean, we've been friends for a very long time, and we have very different perspectives on things in the way that you know he he writes about things and the way that I write about things or talk about things, but we're very like-minded in, uh, in our approach to stuff. So in our senses of humor, it's going to be also fun, you know, especially after this past year, the zoom and not being in person to go back out there on the road and get the crowd. And, you know, you mentioned, come on out. I mean, you got sec nation afterwards. And you might as well come out get a good spot and get a take in Marty McGee and be loud signs. I mean, that that's going to be a fun time for you to, to feed off that energy. And, well, we want to create a show. party, man. We want, we want to create a party. We want to create something that is a part of the fabric of game day, the game day experience for sec fans. And with what, what we do on ESPN radio, we know that, we have listeners and viewers far beyond the SEC footprint. So y'all could tune in and watch us there too. Because it's it's gonna be it's gonna be authentically Marty and McGee. We're just gonna have on suits this time. Uh wait until you see our set. Let me tell y'all about this set. Our bosses decided to buy a mid-60s Chevrolet pickup truck. They decided to take that pickup truck and saw it in half. And they sawed it in half so that they could retrofit couches in the bed and in the hood. 
And the so I saw a photo of the truck, Travis, uh, at, at SEC Media Days. One of our ops guys hands me his phone and goes, look. And it was this stunningly beautiful cherry red Chevy pickup. And I was like, how in the hell can they saw this thing in half? They can't do that. Well, it had been wrecked and the frame rails got bent. And so here it goes. We are the benefactors of that as well. I can't wait to see. I've seen renderings. I can't wait to see it done. Certainly here coming up in early, early September. I'm thinking uh, what you what you need to do, something maybe like for every guest that you have come by, they need to sign the Chevy tr- pickup truck. Well, we'll have to figure out what that looks like. Um, I like that idea, but maybe it's not signing the truck because they are taking that cherry red and they are painting it the original teal from the factory hue uh, that it came from the factory. So there, I mean, like it just blows our minds. It blows our minds that they are offering us this platform. And we're so grateful to be able to lead into what Laura and Roman and Jordan and Paul are doing uh, on SEC Nation. Now, look, we'll be integrated in the nation too. So we'll lead off and then we'll we'll play a supporting role uh, on the SEC Nation show too. So I just can't wait to get back to ball. It was awesome to talk to all of the coaches. You guys will see those interviews when talking season uh, hits SEC Network. We're going to have an East show hour long. We're going to have a West show that's an hour long. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to see Sam Pittman, what Lane Kiffin told us. I can't wait for you guys to see our conversation with Coach Saban and Jimbo Fisher. And what's wild is we didn't even know the Texas-Oklahoma news, which I started to talk about a little bit ago before I got off on the Marty and McGee tangent. Sorry, y'all, this is my platform, so I kind of I got off on the on the what we're doing this fall. But let's dive into that. So well, we're on, in the hold, middle of interviews. Hold on a second. But before we get to that – a lot of these coaches you already have relationships with because they've been in the SEC or, you know, they've been around a while. But Mike Leach is somebody that's new to the SEC last year, and you didn't get it. What was that like to get to finally get to meet him and do an interview in person? Awesome. He walked into our, our, our studio, our set. And any of you who've seen our set know there's all these little just trinkets everywhere. There's little roosters uh, in homage, in homage to Cooter. There are propellers and windmills and American flags and deer and all of these things that are just authentically clutch. And Leach walks in there and doesn't even acknowledge us. He's just like looking around, like mesmerized, and he's talking to himself, wow, you guys have some really neat things in here. And he's like picking stuff up and like studying it. And we have this massive, like three foot tall propeller. It's it's like mahogany wood. It's beautiful. And it leans up against the wall. And he goes, I might have to take that propeller home with me. It was fascinating to watch him analyze a video. I'll send it to you, Travis. I should have put it on social media. So 
So it was awesome to talk to Coach Leach. And I asked him, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of Pac-12 and Big 12 and, and probably SEC, even Mississippi State core media that would roll their eyes. But I had to know. I've never asked. I've never talked to the man. So I wanted to know about the infatuation with Pirates. And he went all he went all into the swing your sword mantra. And I loved every second of it. McGee probably already knew it too because he's spent time with uh, Coach Leach in his driveway drinking rum on his way to the airport. That's a whole other story. Ask McGee someday. But, but uh, just an amazing, fulfilling, professionally and personally, it was so fulfilling to have that time down there. And not only the coaches, we also interviewed several of the players – we interviewed Bo Nix, who, man, it's we've watched that kid grow up right before our eyes, who now, Gus Malzahn's gone on to the University of Central Florida after being let go at Auburn. And Brian Harson comes in, another guy, Travis, whom neither one of us had ever met before. But I was very impressed with him, and we were told in the aftermath that some folks felt like that was the best interview he'd ever done. So can't wait for you guys to see us dive in with him. Coach Harson is a racing guy, man. He grew up drag racing. His father was a mechanic. He's that blue collar. He understands two things that I admire. Meticulous attention to detail. Because if you leave one nut loose on a, ra- on a drag car that's about to go 240 mile an hour down a quarter mile drag strip, you might die. So he learned that from me watching his dad, that meticulous nature. And on top of that, it's that blue-collar mentality. Bring your lunch pail to work every day, son, because we're going to work. And, you know, it's, it's always wild to me to interview guys that are coming into the SEC for the first time. We also interviewed uh, Eli Drinkwitz while we were there. That dude's funny as hell. I'd never, I'd never even met Coach Drink before. He was funny, man, really funny. And he showed up in some he showed up in some Air Jordan 3s that had like every single kind of wild cat fur on them. Of course, they're the Missouri Tigers. There was tiger stripes, there was a leopard print, there was like a I don't even know what all. Uh and it was funny. I was walking down the hallway to get makeup coach drink was in the hallway just standing there kind of all by himself and i'm going by him and he's like what's up man i say hey bro what's up great to meet you he goes what the hell do i got to do to get on your saturday morning show he goes like i'm i'm sitting there listening all the time and y'all don't ever invite me i was like hey man i I reached in my pocket pulled out my iphone i'm like hey man there's this device where where you if you pull if you pull that device like out of your pocket and, and there's this thing you swipe, and then you can go search like uh, Marty Smith or, or Ryan McGee, and then you, you there's a keyboard on there, man, and you can just go, hey, man, I want to call in. Uh, you can call in every Saturday morning if you want to. We'll have we'll drinks you, with drink. We'll give, you the, we'll give you the hotline number, Coach. So just an awesome time. Again, well, so we hung out with – I'm going to go back to the players because I got a point to make here. We interviewed Bo Nix, Auburn's quarterback. We interviewed Zachary Carter, defensive lineman from the University of Florida, Grant Morgan. Oh, 
Grant Morgan from down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Woo Pig. That's one of the most impressive young men I've ever talked to. Him. I mean, wow, he has got his shh together. Josh Pascal from the University of Kentucky beat cancer, told us that whole story. So it was just a it was just an amazing time. And we talked to a couple guys from Alabama, wide receiver John Mechie, who has a fascinating story. Uh Derek we Stanley. talked to Phil Mathis about why he decided to come back to school when he didn't have to. Just a just a, such a fulfilling time. And I say this all the time. Travis, you've heard me say this so much. The most underreported part of college football is the amazing character of the young men playing the game. Yep. And we were reminded of, of we were reminded that this week as we got to sit across from these young men and just learn their stories. Oh, Matt Corral. We sit down with Matt Corral. Uh, what an unbelievable path for that guy to find fulfillment in his soul, to find purpose, to find to, – to, to be grounded and find his, his own – it's just it, really fun. And then on top of that, the coaches – Every one of them offered tremendous insight. Got to sit across from my buddy Shane Beamer, who I grew up with, who did his first media days as the head coach at the University of South Carolina and what he's building. If you ask my peers, most of them will tell you that they felt like he won SEC media days. And it's just a guy that I've known for years and years and years and years. All right, the other huge news is that Texas and Oklahoma are reportedly leaving the Big 12 and joining the Southeastern Conference. Let me back up about 25 minutes when I was talking about our interview with Commissioner Sankey being cut short. That news had not dropped yet when we were interviewing the commissioner. And as we are leaving our announcement that Marty and McGee's going on the road. It was shortly thereafter. The Houston Chronicle drops this bomb. We don't get shocked anymore. Like, not there's not a whole lot that makes us go, what? This one got us all. Yeah, there's now, usually talking behind the scenes and rumblings, and you've heard stuff, and you, you're just not going to We interviewed Feinbaum it. Saturday morning, and Paul Feinbaum told us that he had heard about it since Monday. So – Apparently there was some rumblings going on and they just chose not to, not to go down that road, I guess, because it's one of those things that you hear and you're like, all right, right. Not whatever. Well, uh, I haven't heard a single denial. I don't know about y'all, but I haven't heard anybody come out and say, this is BS. Well, that's like when it came out and OU and Texas people, you know, had to issue a statement and they gave the, we can't confirm nor deny. They were the most vague. Which means you're confirming it. Yeah, and and when the, the, the conference hasn't said anything either. We know Greg Sankey. If this thing didn't have legs, don't you think Greg Sankey would be like, this is not true because he would want to defend his member institutions. It's well, just a like, matter of when. The interesting part to me is, reportedly, the Big 12 – Media rights package goes through 2025, 2024, 2025. Yeah, 25 would be the. So if they leave early, reportedly, they have to pay 
between 75 and $80 million back to the Big 12. So, do they hold off until the 2025 season to join the SEC? Or do they just say, we don't want to be lame ducks. Let's just go ahead and, and pay this money. Uh, it's easy on paper to look at it and go, well, they'll make that money back pretty quick in the SEC. It's a death nail for the Big 12. It's over. It's over. So then where, where are the West Virginias and Oklahoma states, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what does that look like? Trash man's here. You hear that, Travis? Well, and that's the, the thing is, I think waiting till 25 is actually the move. My reason why is the playoff expansion isn't going to happen for a couple of years. Going to the SEC without expansion doesn't make sense because it's only going to be harder to make the playoffs, especially for OU. So you wait till. Why, especially for OU, they actually have a competitive football program. But what I'm saying is they can make it in the Big 12. They're they're the king. They're the team that's getting in. Oh, from, I got you. So okay. if you go to I the was SEC, thinking, okay, 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 okay. So if you go to the SEC, now you're having to battle, and there's only four spots. You wait for I expansion. I think I misunderstood your point. My bad. But I got you, you for, now. Yeah. yeah, you wait for expansion where then the SEC is going to get three, four you know, teams in there. Now you've got that possibility. Texas, they're only in this discussion because – the money that they bring with them. That's if I know. was the ACC. So what I would love to know right now is where is Notre Dame in in its own in its own mind about going all in to a conference? Because what was this impenetrable reason why they didn't need one, the NBC television deal? I just don't know if that applies the way it used to. Well, and you think about one of the ideas with the expansion was auto, the, the buys that teams could get, and Notre Dame wouldn't be eligible for a buy too. Well, plus with the way that the new the the, the way that the new playoff is tailored, it's hard as hell for Notre Dame to get in. Yeah. So. So if I'm them and I, you know, they, they have all their tradition and they have their reasons, but it's time to come on home. But, and and then, if I'm the ACC, all right, if I'm the ACC, I know this is an odd number of teams. I'm going after West Virginia and Oklahoma State too. I want them well, both. And well, that's the other thing is then who's the, what does the Big Ten do? And the one caveat with the Big Ten is I believe if you're not part of the uh, AAU, the Association of American Universities, they won't admit you into the conference on those academic standards. So you have to look at the te those teams. And I know Oklahoma State is one of those teams. Is Who does the Big Ten look to go after? I mean, what, what a mess. It's It's – and then you got the Pac-12 sitting out there. Sitting way out there. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds. And at this juncture, we don't have insight to really dive in there with you guys and tell you what's going to happen or what we think is going to happen because nobody knows at this point. It's all but a bunch you, of speculation and, and whatnot. Can you imagine, uh, though, so, that Texas gets back to Texas and – 
a night game at Bryant Denny, Texas versus Alabama, or Georgia versus you know Oklahoma. Like Texas, what Steve Sarkeesian needs to worry about is winning football games, because right now Texas isn't even part of the. Like they are, they are all they are mighty, 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 mighty powerful. All right, I get it, and it's like it, I think it would be huge for the SEC for those two schools to come in, right? Now, if 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 you're you know you heard Ross Bjork at uh, that's Texas A&M's athletics director, uh, friend of the Marty McGee program, he said we paved the way, we showed the way for these other people that it can be done. And not only can it be done, but it can be done competitively. And they don't like it, but it's happening. And it well, it, it takes it only it takes eleven yes votes. So that means if A and M doesn't want it, they've got to find three other schools to say no to it. But back to your point about Texas, I mean, they're not even they're not competitive in their conference. They can't even keep recruits. I mean, Ohio State's been going down to Texas the last you know five years and just plucking their best recruits and Bama goes over to Texas and Oklahoma comes down and they just got to find a way to, you know, be relevant within their own conference right now. Before yeah, right. They That's, try to go to the sec right now. I mean, Ooh. it wouldn't, it wouldn't be very good for them. And we're going to learn a lot in week two about where the program is when they go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, because in talking to coach Pittman, look, during the preseason, all of us know everybody's excited. Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen, Florida's head football coach, absolutely obliterated the over on the number of times he said the word excited at SEC Media Days. He's excited. Everybody is. And we know that. And everybody's optimistic. And everybody feels really good about what their team is and how hard they're working. And you guys can't imagine how hard they're working and all that. But I know this. Here's what I saw from the Arkansas Razorbacks in 2020. They play their ass off. They play so hard. And now they got that year under them with Coach Pittman. All right. Barry Odom, he's a defensive mastermind. And they're starting to really put it together. The culture shift is real. They're going to play so hard. So we're going to learn a lot about Texas in week two. And that's the thing. Look, let me just say this too, Travis. Sark. What Sark did with Alabama's offense last year, now granted, he had weapons all over creation. But he is so brilliant at creating mismatches pre-snap that, I mean, it was like fishing a barrel for Mac Jones. I mean, Ohio State was in the national championship game. And Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, is matched up one-on-one with Tough Borland. God bless Tough Borland. God bless him. He's Travis's boy. But, dude, like, come on, man. That's just a bad, and that's, that's the brilliance of Sarkis's designs and play calling. And he can basically say on this play, I'm going to get player X the ball. Yeah. And he designs the play for it. The difference is you had the culture and the players at Bama. Can you build that culture up at Texas? And get that thing going, and then it's got to be tough point, love. Like, and to that, your point with playing Arkansas, think about when they play Arkansas. If things aren't going well, you're going to find out quickly if your team really wants to fight, or if they're going to fold it up and call it a day. Because Arkansas 
is just going to come at you and punch you in the mouth. I can't wait to watch that one. That was going to be a good one. I can't, man. Hey, we're so close, dude. We're so close. I like, can't wait. I would like when I, whenever I see like August on the schedule and the, the calendar, I'm like, we're there. We're there. Like, and you know, Big Ten had their media days. I think it was like Wednesday, Thursday. And, you know, I'm glued to what Ohio State does with this quarterback battle. I we think have I five that, more Saturdays without college football. That's it. Five more. And then if you need me on Saturdays, you can just text me, but it, I ain't getting back to you unless it's about college football. It might be four more, dude. Because don't forget, we got week zero, too. I have my TV in my living room, and then I have one in my bedroom, and I take that one in the bedroom, and just it permanently sits out here in the living room during the fall. So I think I'm wrong. Isn't there? Isn't week zero the 28th of August? Man, let's Google this. It right might now. only be four more Saturdays until college football, and Mama just rolled her eyes. I think week zero is the 28th. It is. So we have uh, week uh, August 28th, Nebraska, Illinois. There you go. Uh, Hawaii, UCLA. Yep. Listen, some of these games, they're not, there's not a bunch of them and they're not big ones, but listen, it doesn't matter. It's called, it's college football. And then I can't wait. Ohio State, Oregon. Well, uh, I can't wait, man. And, and we are almost here. And that's what really gets the juices flowing for me is SEC Media Days. When we're down there and we're immersed in it and we get to see the players and, and, and the coaches and all the staff members. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with Coach Saban down there and uh, learned a ton from him about where his head is on all of this change and what it really means. And so I just – So we have – it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year, son. There's two things that we love the most, and we've hit on one with college football, and the other is country music. And now in the past two weeks, we've we've each gone to a concert for the first time in over a year. I saw Luke Bryan two weeks ago. How was it? It was unreal. I forgot. I should have known, but I just forgot about how crazy it is going to the concert and getting out with the traffic. And because we just haven't dealt with traffic in a year of that magnitude. And, you know, I went and just sat out on the lawn and it was, I loved every second of it. You, you, you see the craziness and the drunks and it was, it was food for the soul. Like I needed it. Like, where'd you see the craziness and the drunks in the mirror? No, I, I actually <laughs> was, I actually was sober, Marty. What? Yeah. I had like two beers while I was there. All right, well, uh, let's uh, flip but the script on that. I, I was going to say someone that wasn't drunk or wasn't sober was you at Dirk's probably. So we went over to see Riley Green and Dirk's Bentley at the Hard Rock Casino over here in Atlantic City. Both of them absolutely slayed. Riley Green is going to be an absolute megastar in country music. And on top of that, uh, let me tell you something funny, dude. Laney, about halfway through Riley's set, Laney sends a text to me, Eric, and Catherine Church and said, uh, I have a new crush. His name is Riley Green. And she sends if I wasn't with her. I was standing in the middle of the pit, like right in the pit. Those They were off to the side stage. Yeah, you love the pit. And, uh, that's where I go, man. That's my happy place. So I was laughing my ass off. But – Right. I mean, he absolutely crushed it. And it told me a lot about where he is and where, what's coming. Because I was in Atlantic City, New Jersey. All right. We weren't in Birmingham. We weren't in Gainesville. We weren't in, we weren't even in Charlotte. We were in Atlantic City, New Jersey. 
And them people knew every single word to every single song. He stopped singing. That's how you know where you're at is when you can stop singing during a song. It was cool to me to hear them all say, I wish every state had a Birmingham. Like he stopped singing. And in Atlantic City, New Jersey, every one of us sang. I wish every state had a Birmingham. I was like, this is crazy. It's fun to watch. Former college football player at Jacksonville State University, Riley Green. Lanester's new crush. L- Laney came back in the room and went, oh. uh, and Dirk's, I mean, Dirk's absolutely crushed. It was an amazing show, and it was great to spend time with him. I got to catch up with him. He's doing awesome. He is one of the most underrated country singers out there. You forget how many hits he has, dude. It's I one mean, after the next after the next. He's been turning out hits for years. Oh, yeah. And he, he kind of – he's changed up, you know – his songwriting and stuff like that. And it just, he evolves and just to see where he's been at and the different things that he can go to now that he's got. When you're at a place where people are disappointed, people, people are disappointed that you didn't play that song. You know, you're a star. Yeah. Like, that's got to be one of the hardest things. And also like putting a set list together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's It's fun to watch it happen. It's fun to watch it happen real time. I've seen a few, I've seen a few of my buddies do it. It's fun, and because it's a hell of a debate. Like, what do you think tonight? What do you think tonight? What song do you want to hear tonight? And it's also kind of what, like, you're trying to think about the fans, but it's also like, man, I really want to play this song. We haven't played it in a couple of shows. Do we put that in there? And it's like, but if we put that in there, what song are we taking out? Well, we've begged Chris Chris Stapleton before. Lainey and I have begged Chris Stapleton to play What Are You Listening To? Begged him. We've never heard a lie. Yeah. Never. Not once. So does does Lainey already have tickets booked for the next Riley Green show? Uh no, but she joined the fan club. Uh she's uh her 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 previous crush is now off the deal. I'm sending Riley some damn Jordans or something, man. I need a, I, I, he has no idea how much I love him. Um all right, one one more thing before we get out of here. Uh actually two more things I want to hit on and they both deal with swimming. All right, first, I was floored with the response I got to the Lily King conversation, Travis. Floored. So many people have approached me about our conversation with Lily and her brash, unapologetic approach to her passion and the way that she competes and the success that she's had with that particular approach. And uh, I I just – first of all, I didn't know that many people listen to our drivel. But second – the response to the way, like her fearlessness in her self-confidence, if that she, makes sense. She is a, she's a unique person that at her age, I mean, she's had this, she's been this way at, you know, at 19 and at 24, the, the way that she operates, it's hard to find that in anybody, you know, even the, the greatest athletes that you've ever seen. And she was doing this at that age and, the way the difference is the way that she carries herself, it doesn't come off as arrogant. No, it doesn't come off as arrogant at all. It's very matter of fact. Again, it reminds me so much of Kevin Harvick. I mean, and Brooks Kepka. It's the same mindset. It's like I'm really damn good at this. And if you're and y'all can either be on the bus or get off the bus. I don't care. And if you're listening to the pod on this, is, we're taping on Monday. If you're if it's still Monday. She will be swimming for gold in the 100-meter breaststroke uh, tonight. All right. Speaking of swimming for gold, 
Best thing I've seen in sports in the last little bit is the Australian swim coach reacting to Ariane Titmus beating Katie Ledecky and the rest of the world in a 400 free. Dean, Dean Boxel is his name. Dean Boxel. Now, this dude came unglued, and it was the most awesome thing. It's how it's supposed to go. It's how you're supposed to react to shocking the world and beating one of the – I mean, Michael Phelps called Ledecky the GOAT. And when you go out and all that hard work, that's five years' worth of work. Five years' worth of work. And so, you bring home the gold medal and beat who quite probably the greatest female swimmer ever. Yeah, right? so she's the greatest female swimmer. So, backstory: Katie Ledecky has been – crushing the 400 meter and her events basically from the beginning of time. Well, Ariana Titmus a few years ago had been, you know, she'd been looking up to her and, and as any swimmer had been, and then brought in this coach Dean Boxel to kind of push. And he is this brash, unapologetic and your face kind of coach that will motivate you. And has just been pushing her. And she actually beat Ledecky in 2019, but it was this, you know, this rivalry now. And last night when she beat her, he went nuts over in the coaching area. I mean, just fist pumps. And I posted the video and I said, if you're, I go, if you're wondering what it was like when Ohio State beat Clemson, this was, this is a fair comparison. <laughs> like what I loved about it is I, I retweeted it this morning. I saw it. Uh, I saw it last night and loved it, but I retweeted it this morning because that unbridled passion, that unbridled energy, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. And it was awesome because it wasn't like, I mean, it, it, it was just so much pride for what just happened. And all that works five years worth of work, maybe probably more. It's been her, it's been her lifetime, basically. Her lifetime, life's worth of, yeah, life's work, like, uh, worth Le, of work. Ledecky is her idol in some ways. Also, you know, when she was growing up and then it turns into the person you want to be. And it's just amazing to watch the Olympics in general. Like I'm glued into the swimming because I swim, but just watching these, this uh, kid from, I didn't want to say like Tunisia, this 18 year old that barely made the finals uh, won gold. And they had video of his parents and family watching back home, just going nuts. And it's just like, man, I love, like I posted a tweet. I said, that I don't even know some of the names or any of the, how these sports work, but you put a USA logo on the person and man, yeah, I'm, I'm, going, all in. I'm coming unglued. Correct. I can't score a taekwondo match. I, I was watching this morning. I have no idea how that works. Well, it's all right. We won. We, yeah, we got a <laughs> we got a golden. I mean, the fencing on this, the girl won foil for the first time, gold first time for, in the USA's history. And I'm like, let's go. Like, Pretty fantastic, man. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, what an awesome week. And I can't wait to get started uh, with – Marty and McGee on the road. I mean it. I want y'all out there. I want y'all out there. It's going to be a party. We're going to have a blast. We're going to celebrate college football. We're going to celebrate the tradition and the pageantry and just the absolute amazing energy that is college football, period, but certainly in the Southeastern Conference. Get out there with us. Bring your signs. Bring your beers. Hand me a mimosa. I don't care. I'll drink that thing on air. What are they going to do? Fire me? Bring bring your hangover to the show. Bring your I'm all kegs with it. and eggs. Bring your kegs and eggs to the show. 
turn McGee and I have an existing set. relationship with Goody's Headache Powder. We got you. Come on with it. Now, that's what that's what we need is just throwing them out into the crowd. So this week, uh, Travis, I leave you. This week, uh, here in a couple of days, I'm flying down to Oklahoma City. I'm driving over to Stillwater, Oklahoma, where I will be for the NBA draft. Uh, Cade Cunningham, the all-world freshman guard, he's six foot eight, like 230 pounds or something. Like 18 years old. What? Anyway, uh, he is probably going to go number one. He's the presumptive number one overall pick to the Detroit Pistons. He'll be in New York with the head coach, Mike Boynton. And I will be with the rest of the Cowboys at a place called Eskimo Joe's, which apparently has the greatest cheese fries on earth, according to the internet. And we're going to have a hell of a party down there, too. Uh, What we did in New Orleans a couple years ago with Zion and everybody down there in the Crescent City was the energy was so great that we want to try to create that again down in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and we need y'all to be in it with us. So if y'all are listening and you live around that way, come on out, get you some cheese fries and a couple cold beers, and we'll celebrate Cade going number one to the Pistons, we expect. Uh, We'll hang out with the players, do some interviews with those guys, and hopefully just have an amazing energy and amazing atmosphere to put on the – ABC Network as Cade gets drafted and achieves a lifelong dream. All right. Be good. Thank you all for listening. So grateful for our law enforcement officials all over the country keeping our community safe. Thank you to our first responders. As COVID ratchets back up again all over the country, you guys are in our prayers. Thank you to our firemen. Thank you so much to the United States military, all branches. We're so grateful for freedom. Appreciate your sacrifice. We live in the greatest nation. Thank you guys for listening. This is Marty Smith's America. We'll try to do better next time. Y'all be good.